0: Sent off your first three months. Now, here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh. <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Fight Podcast. I am your host, Sergio Vicente, and we have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, we're going to have a little short episode for you. And uh, we're going to do a lot, though. We're going to jam a lot in this time. And uh, we have so much to talk about. Uh, We're going to break down UFC 228 Tyron Woodley, the 170-pound champ. Some even considering the GOAT at 170. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we'll break down that fight. uh, His victory we will break down UFC 228. Uh, We'll also introduce as always new prospect alert as well as our IG story poll results your turn to talk my hot takes of the week and we absolutely will break down this week's big boxing card okay so we have a great show lined up for you today and with that being said hey, let's go ahead and jump into the show Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms, at the Fight Podcast, and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share on iTunes and SoundCloud today. And do not forget to purchase merch. All right. Uh, this week has been fun, man. You know, last week, uh, after 20 week, 28 straight weeks, uh, we went ahead and took a week off. Um, uh, but we are back and, uh, yo, I can't lie, I missed this, man. I, I, I miss you guys. <laughs> it was a good time, but um a lot, a lot of fight news happened. Um th- it's amazing. Um, and I'm gonna talk about it a little later on in the show, but with the big and yes, we have a whole lot of fights coming up. We have the Canelo Triple G card. Uh we have the the UFC fight night this weekend. We even have the you know last week's fight. But the one that's been looming. The one that all of us have really been waiting for is that Khabib and Conor McGregor. And it's so amazing. And I talked about this last time I was with you guys. It's really amazing how nobody is talking about this. So I've, I've been really, you know thinking about this a lot and um it's something that we're absolutely going to talk about a little later on the show but uh, i did post a question on our ig story poll so i hope everybody went ahead and got the chance to check that out but um i'm wondering if anybody is actually excited for this fight particularly since no one is actually um talking about it So that I find was really interesting, and it's kind of interesting because the exact same thing happened with the Canelo Triple G. That's this weekend. I'm excited. Other people who I know who are in the, you know, the combat sports world are excited. But is anybody else? I don't see commercials. I don't see any of these things. And these are supposed to be two of the biggest events in combat sports all year are happening literally two weeks apart and nobody's talking about it I'm, I'm shocked and I can't wait to see you know what happened on the, uh, the the IG poll as well but all in all man summertime is coming to an end people are you know enjoying themselves and um, and again so much so much fight news so um without further ado, this week's fight news. So I'm gonna start off this week with Bellator, and Bellator's been on a lot, a lot of great things. And actually, um, this actually just came in today. It seems as if Bellator has, and there is no set date yet, um, but it seems as if Michael Chandler is finally gonna go ahead, going to go ahead and fight Brett Primus for the undisputed Bellator 155 pound championship. Man, that's huge. I cannot wait to see that fight. But, the fight news that I was actually gonna talk about is uh, Bellator announces December 15th, they will headline a Dazen card in Honolulu, Hawaii. Yo, uh, this is a huge deal. Um, This is a huge deal because this is actually the first major MMA organization that has actually gone to Hawaii. UFC hasn't done that yet. So, the fact that Bellator is already not only making those waves with, for instance, the Dazen deal, which I think is going to be so, so, so big. Um, and especially with next next week's uh, Bell, huge Bellator event that we will go ahead and talk about as well. And that is actually the inaugural event on Dazen. So in Dazen, for those, those of us who do not know, Dazen is actually the streaming service um, that is a, I believe it's a British owned, but uh, it's a streaming service that they're going to have premier championship boxing on there. They're also going to go ahead and have um, a lot of, uh, you know, MMA and different events with Bellator kickboxing and things. It seems like it's a great uh, subscription program, but um, that's uh, a big deal coming out of Hawaii. That card, it will actually be headlined by the Hawaiian's very own 125 pound champ, um, uh, McFarlane uh, at 125 pounds. She is incredible. She just defended her belt a couple weeks back um super aggressive super technical on the ground uh she's a monster and i'm really really happy to see that she has the uh opportunity to headline that card also uh debuting on that card leota Michita, the dragon will be making his bellator debut against the former 185 pound bellator champion Jafia cavario that's gonna be a great fight um for anybody who doesn't know Javier Cavallo and thinks that Loyola Machida is just going to run over buddy uh, He might be a little Mistaken uh, Cavallo is a Really 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 tough guy He's beat a lot of great dudes He's knocked out Melvin Manuf um, who for Those of us who don't know is Just a beast of a kickboxer He's actually a guy who fights at 185 pounds and Used to fight up at heavyweight and K1 Kickboxing he knocked out mark hunt with one punch he knocked out mark hunt who is fighting this weekend headlining the main event in the ufc fight night card but he knocked that dad that, that dude out with one punch and Rafael covario actually beat him so um it's going to be pretty pretty um it's going to be competitive fight and i can't wait to see that in december all right Tyron Woodley After his victory this past weekend That I will break down in a minute Moves up to the number 4 spot In ESPN's MMA World Rankings um, And I have to say Looking at MMA World Rankings On ESPN Brett Akamoto I think does a phenomenal job Ariel Hawane does as well But I actually kind of go with um, Brett Akamoto. He has Danny Cormier as number 1 uh, Number 2 TJ, number three, um, he has, um, uh, what does he have? Oh, number three, Max Holloway, and number four, he has uh, Tyron Woodley. I think that's a solid top four, and um, honestly, I think he has pretty spot on. So, congrats to T-Wood for moving up in that. Um, Moving on, Fabricio Verdum. No, again. (laughs) Fabricio Verdum, the former UFC heavyweight champion, um, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal competitor has tested positive um, and is suspended until 2020 by USADA for failing another drug test. He tested positive for the anabolic steroid Tremblono. Oof, I said that so wrong. (laughs) Um, But it is a metabolite uh, and he did it an out-of-competition urine screening that was conducted in April uh, of this past year. Uh, he was supposed to actually headline this card that's this upcoming weekend, and uh, Mark Hunt actually had to go ahead and uh, fill in. But uh, that fight was supposed to be against Olenek. Uh Olenek. Verdum, uh, for those of us who don't know, he's 23 wins, 8 losses, 1. He's widely considered to be one of the greatest heavyweights of this era. Uh, the Brazilians best you know the the, the the his best stretch of his career 100 percent was from like 2012 to about 2016 like the beginning of 2016 that's when he went on like that crazy crazy run right he, i think he won something like six fights in a row and uh he ended up winning the ufc chip by going ahead and choking out who at the time was, in my opinion, the greatest heavyweight champion in MMA. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, say Fedor and a whole lot of other people. For me, for my money, it was always Kane. But Fabricio Verdum went ahead, went to Mexico, and choked him out. Um, Verdum also, also beat, and this dude... I mean, we have to remember, Verdum, it's unfortunate, he's like 41, he's going through this, but this dude is a legend, I mean, just listen to some of the names that he's beaten, it's a who's who for real, he's beat Cain Velasquez, Mark Hunt, um, he beat Nogueira, he beat Big Knock, he beat Travis Brown, and he beat Roy Nelson in that span between 2012 and 2016, yo, that's a hot streak, man, and it's really, really sad. Sad to see this guy, you know, who not only beat all those guys, he also beat the other widely considered pound for pound greatest fighter of all time, um, Fedor Emelianenko, all the way back in 2010. So, look, this is a legend in the game. The fact that when these legends are getting older, we're sitting there watching them getting popped for steroids and stuff, man, it kind of breaks your heart. It really does. So, I hate that that happened to him, and. Um, but, hey, man, but it looks like uh, Verdum's two-year suspension will start retroactively on May 22nd. So, that means he'll be... Oh, listen to this. He's going to be eligible to compete again May 22nd, 2020. He's going to be 43 years old. Look... I know uh, Golden Boy has Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz facing off this weekend, and they're hyping up this fight with, by the way, the worst 2006 poster I have ever seen, <laughs> Um it's just, I don't see any other 43 year olds competing at that high of a level, especially after two years off. Verdum, if he stays in shape, can he do it? Yes, but um, he, he's definitely not going to be, I believe, the Verdum that we have known to love and definitely not through that stretch. All right, Michael Chiesa, Michael Chiesa, the 155 pound. Um, beast in the UFC I believe he's actually moving up to a buck 70 so we'll see what ends up happening he's one of those guys has really been a proponent for that like in between or that 165 pound division same thing Kevin Lee's asking for so um it's really good I mean I, he, I that division is good but Michael Chiesa yes he took an L his last fight out to the great Anthony Pettis but uh I mean look that's nothing to sneeze at it happens But that's not what I came to talk about. Michael Chiesa is suing Conor McGregor um, for the bus incident in Brooklyn. And you remember, Michael Chiesa had to get taken off of that big Brooklyn card. And um, let me let you know a little bit what they were talking about. So his attorney made it official this past Monday that he is suing and that is Chiesa suing Conor McGregor and others in response to that infamous dolly throwing incident that occurred back in April at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I think we all already knew he was going to sue him. I'm actually surprised that he waited as long as he did. I think he might have waited that long. And it's, I think I heard um, it was either Errol Hawani or, or somebody talking about it. But I think they say they might have been waiting to see what was going to come out of Conor's legal situation before. But I don't really understand why they waited so long. But regardless, I mean, if anybody's listening, you know, sh- shoot me a DM. Let me know legally, I guess, what's up. But I have no idea. But um, Conor's uh, so he's suing, you know, Conor McGregor and his buddies, essentially. And this is coming from uh, TMZ, right? So, among the claims, and check this out, this is actually in the suit. This is what they're suing. They're suing for negligence, neg- negligent infliction of emotional distress, assault, and battery. I'm going to get on the emotional distress stuff, but hey, I guess they're out there trying to get their money. is 30 years old. And this is what Kiesa said. And to an extent, I understand part of it. And granted, had kind of too. If I got hit in the head with a dolly and glass hit me in the face. But um, what he believes is that if he was the next in line, he said, I lost my chance for a title shot. And this is what Kiesa said back in June. He said, I have proof. I was the highest highest rated guy on the card. I would have stepped in and fight Khabib at the drop of a dime. And what he's talking about is against Khabib at UFC 223. um, Because Max Holloway wasn't able to compete. Anthony Pettis wasn't able to compete. There was a whole lot of other guys. But Michael Chiesa was the highest ranked guy. So if... Khabib's opponent pulled out, Michael Chiesa is saying, you, you know, messed an opportunity for me. I don't know. I I, I, I understand it. And um, look, I think Michael Chiesa is going to end up getting paid. <laughs> so we'll see what ends up happening. All right. So the, the last thing I want to talk about is, um, and again, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's been no publicity for UFC 229 as of yet. But... Um, It seems as if later on this week, um, they will be the first uh, presser in New York City. So I believe it might be tomorrow. uh, Today's Friday here in Chicago. (laughs) And uh, they're going to go ahead. Oh, here it is. Thursday, September 20th, I believe. Uh, They're going to go ahead and do their press conference in Radio City Music Hall. And that's going to be the first time UFC lightweight champion Khabib is going to go ahead and face UFC former lightweight champ Conor McGregor. So this is what I found to be really interesting. Although this event will be live and stream live. It is closed to the public. And this made me really think, like, why is this event closed to the public? Some people, I've heard say, "Well, maybe it's because you know security purposes, so it's closed to the public, press will be there, and that's it." I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the case. Is it that? Which it could be, people are afraid, I guess, of what Monster Energy drinks getting chucked across the you know the room again. Uh, I I don't know, I I don't know, um, but it's not going to happen. The other thought behind it is that Connor doesn't want the whole big press and break hoopla. I don't know. I, he's a showman, so I don't see that being the case either. I think this is a misstep by the UFC. Reason being think about this, you remember last time Connor was out there his last press run, the last press tour with Floyd Mayweather for the big fight last year against Floyd. I think that would have been a great the the those epic shots at the Barclay Center when the crowd was going nuts you you have Connor coming in from one side, Floyd coming in the other side. It was epic though. You see the crowd, they're kind of coming in through the crowd. It was incredible. Now, I don't understand why they wouldn't want that because that in itself made people want to watch the fight. It made me want to watch it. I was excited. I was so excited. I was like, yo, look at this. I didn't know, I legitimately, for a point, didn't know who was going to win. I mean, yes, I did. I knew Florida was going to win, but it made it interesting. It made it compelling and it made it get to a point that you actually wanted. You actually wanted to watch the fights. So I don't know what the UFC is doing. Maybe they hope there's going to be some kind of really, really, really dope moment. But those moments happen when you have the crowd, because what ends up happening is that the fighters feed off that energy. You want that energy. And when they fed off the energy and they feed off the energy and all that stuff, that's when you have those magic moments. That's when you have like those great moments. And that's when people legitimately want to watch these matchups. Again, I don't know what the UFC is doing. But... I think this is a misstep, so we'll see, but uh, Khabib is 26 to no, uh, and he's going to compete for the first time since, uh, just since defeating Ally Quinta for the um, vacant title, essentially, and he's going to go ahead and fight McGregor, who's 21 and 3. This is the first time McGregor's actually going to go out there and fight since, and this is the first time he's fought MMA since November 2016. That is a long time. Yes, he's been active in terms of fighting combat sports, but all of the, the emotions and everything that has to do with MMA, the movement, I, I don't know if he's going to be ready. Now, I'm also not ready to make my pick, but we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I want to see what comes of this and over the next couple of weeks, and then I'll definitely make my pick. All right. And also, in the last thing we'll talk about for fight news, in the boxing world, it seems like the beef between the Charlo brothers, Adrian Brunner, and uh, Davis is officially over. Errol Spence Jr. posted on his uh, social media account, all of them were like hanging out, seemed like they were in New York uh, this past weekend for the fights, and... um, seems like they're all cool again for those of us who don't know the charlos and and them were beefing and uh it seems like they're all back cool so it was a dope picture I, it was a dope moment and really really cool to see a lot of these young great talented fighters together um and and hanging out and just you know just just you know just strengthening the culture strengthening the bonds of everybody i think it's super dope um Speaking of Adrian Broner, Adrian Broner had a video that went viral this past week of him essentially harassing an Uber driver. Uber has responded in kind and now he is banned from ever using the Uber app again. Look, Adrian Broner, you're an incredible talent. You need to relax. Like, come on, fam. Really? Who gets booted off of Uber for harassing drivers? You're a clown for that, man. So I'm disappointed in Buddy. Um, He's too old to be acting like that. It's not like he's a 20-year-old kid anymore. Dude is 30. He has to do better, man. Um, And I think I'm just disappointed in him because at one point in time, I was truly a fan. When he was first coming up... um, he, he was extremely exciting. He was one of the first guys who really embraced social media. And he was fun to watch. Seeing what he's doing, he seems he, like he's making more of a mockery of himself than anything else. And that's disappointing. But all right, that is Fight News for episode 28. Now we're back to the show. <laughs> Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats today. SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on the website www.thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. The Fight Podcast is on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right, Uh, moving right along. Prospect alert. Each and every week, we go ahead and dig a shout out and give love to an up-and-coming prospect that you might not know. This week's prospect of the week, and our prospect alert is Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth, six wins, no losses, five wins by KO. Yo, this dude is currently in the Bellator's 170-pound waterweight tournament, and in my opinion, he is the dark horse to winning the whole thing. He's a three-time national champion wrestler, four-time All-American, four-time Big Ten champ, 2014 World Team member. Not only does he have all that great wrestling pedigree, he trains at aka with DC, Kane velasquez Luke Rocco, khabib And he also tra- he also trains up at Fresno with the affiliate gym owned by josh Koschek, the throne gym. Um, up in Fresno. This dude is scary, man. Uh Like I mentioned, he's a national champion wrestler, but he does not depend on his wrestling at all. He's going out there to hurt you. He has great power in both hands, and he is going to be in this tournament. I can't wait, and I'm telling you, he's the dark horse. This dude might win the whole thing. He has so much upside, man. Um, He determines where the fight takes place, and once he gets you there... Or he gets you essentially he gets you down or he gets you cornered. He does everything in his power to put you out. It's a great thing to watch, man. This dude is an absolute beast. Um salute to the man. Ed Ruth, I'm telling you if you have not had an opportunity to watch this man, you need to. He is so so fun to watch and I'm telling you um he has that style that I talk about, that dog, right? That he has that aggression from wrestling for all those times and all those years, but there's something special about a guy and you can see it cuz not all wrestlers do well with, you know, just the physical part, the, 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 uh, the, the punching, the punching and kick. I don't want to say physical because they're all extremely physically gifted. And I want nobody hitting me up, trying to hit me with a double leg. <laughs> all right. Uh, but he has adapted to the striking, like so many other great wrestlers, like Cain Velasquez, like Josh Koscheck, like DC, such a great such a great job and by his manager whoever his handlers are to make sure he goes and went to aka with those guys um great call great dudes again salute to the man uh episode 28 prospect alert ed easy ruth my right are right um this past week, uh, we're going to go ahead and do our breakdown. Our breakdown of Woodley versus Till UFC 228 in Dallas, Texas, American Airlines Arena. This, this, this might have been the, the card of the year. This card was ridiculous. It was so good. And it's funny because I, I was actually... So I wasn't able to watch it live. Um, and what I did watch of the fight was through like i was out camping in michigan (laughs) and and i was sitting here trying to you know with like shoddy wi-fi and and just the worst service ever trying to sit there and watch the fights you know on somebody's like ig story so um luckily i was able to go ahead and watch it you know the next day but man i'm almost i'm sad i didn't get a chance to watch this live The energy, I couldn't imagine watching this fight with the energy in like an arena of people. It was crazy, nonstop action the whole time. Dallas, man, you guys were blessed with such a performance, man. Everybody showed out. There really were no duds the entire night. So um, I was really, really excited to watch it. But we're just going to go ahead and uh, rip through the main card really fast. The first fight of the main card was Abdul Razik Al-Hassan. Goes ahead and fights against somebody we've talked to here on the show, fought not too long ago, Nico Price, the hybrid. This fight only lasted 43 seconds, man. Abdul Al-Hassan is ridiculous. One takedown, 15 out of 21 total strikes. 15 out of 21 significant strikes 71 percent of his strikes landed one huge ko punch ko's nico price super tough nico price um it was sad to see for him he just came off a huge victory a couple weeks back um but hey that's the game man uh abdul hassan is a beast um he, he looks the part he he's extremely physical and honestly looking at his record this is what he does to everybody nobody's gotten out of the first round with him keep your eye on this kid abdul razik al hassan beast next fight i want to talk about on the card was jimmy rivera versus john dodson okay this fight i'm gonna get into just a little bit more it's longer fight um went all three rounds might have been the only decision on the card so it's ridiculous but Jimmy rivera goes ahead and gets a unanimous decision uh win it, it was not the most entertaining fight jim rivera stifled everything that John Dawson tried to do and John Dawson honestly just, just does not seem as if he is in it as much as he used to be I don't know he doesn't seem as enthusiastic about the sport um, at least his last couple of performances have not shown that I don't want to knock the man I, I know what it takes you know for somebody like that to get in there so obviously I'll never disrespect him in that way but It just doesn't seem as if he's having fun anymore. So I don't know what he needs. Maybe he needs to change the scenery. He's been at Jackson's forever. Maybe he needs to go somewhere else. I don't know. But all in all, Jimmy Rivera, great performance. He's an absolute monster. Um, Good victory after, you know, taking his first loss in 21 fights or whatever against Marlon Marais. So this puts him back into contention. But um, look at the numbers really quick. Um, Total strikes. He, you know, one guy, uh, Jim Jimmy Rivera lands over 50% of his strikes, lands 62 out of 125 significant strikes and neither man landed a takedown. So that's all that was. All right. Uh, the fight that I was actually excited about, but, uh, Hey, we knew what was going to happen. The Uh, Makubov Sharapov, um, the, the monster, the, he's like a unicorn out there. Everybody loves this dude. Goes ahead and fights the very, very, very tough Brandon Davis, killer B Brandon Davis. All right. Zabit did what we thought he was going to do. He went out, started off kind of slow. And again, he was supposed to fight Yair Rodriguez on this fight card. Yair had to pull out. Brandon Davis took this on about 11 days notice. So, eh, I understand beat starting slow. He pretty much just played around the first round. Second round, did what he does. Body lock. trip to the takedown. Then finishes, takes the back finishes with one of the nastiest submissions you'll ever see goes ahead and finishes with the knee bar from the back um with the banana split nasty uh it was impressive but it wouldn't it is only the third time ever that submission has been landed in UFC history and guess what the second time happened earlier in the night when Al Jermaine certainly did the exact same thing so hey We'll see, Um, but uh, Zabit, good win. We'll see what happens with him next. All right, co-main event of the night. This was like one of the biggest moments of the night. Crazy. Um, Jessica Andrade, the number one contender at the 115-pound division, was fighting against Karolina Kolevich. She is a beast as well. She, They both women have fought for the title. Both unfortunately lost to Joanna Janjacek. But uh, Jessica Andrade is on an absolute tear. Jessica Andrade landed one of the biggest punches I have ever seen. I'm being honest with you. I've never seen a woman hit another woman this hard before. The biggest one punch knockout I've ever seen um she's ferocious. Jessica Andrade KOs uh, Carolina in 1 minute and 58 seconds of the very first round. Jessica Andrade 100% deserves a title shot next. Carolina is no punk. Carolina is a former title challenger. She is a beast. And she got destroyed. Jessica Andras, congratulations! Oh my goodness, I, I I don't know what to say next. All right, we're finishing up with Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley is going out and he went ahead and defended his title for the third time against Darren the Gorilla Till. Tyron Woodley had to start off by saying this: I have to apologize to Tyron Woodley. I went ahead and I was actually. I I bought the Kool Aid. I went into the same narrative as so many others. Dana White was talking trash, and we all drunk the Kool Aid. We all did. We all drunk the Kool Aid of him not being good, of him not being entertaining. And we were wrong. We all have been wrong. Tyron Woodley is an absolute beast. I went back and I watched a number of his fights. And guess what? He's had no easy fights. He just learned how to win. He learned how to win smart. He's this era's George St. Pierre. But he'll hurt you. I'm telling you, man, This, in my opinion, this makes Tyron Woodley the number two greatest welterweight champion of all time. Hands down. George St. Pierre, Tyron Woodley. And we'll see what happens in the next three or four fights. I'm telling you. Um, Great, great performance. Tyron Woodley um, goes ahead in the second round, drops the striker. First round, he controlled the, the match. He controlled the movement. And this is something that I really wanted to talk about. Everyone talked about how great Darren Till's striking is, which it is. In two rounds, Darren Till only landed one significant, one strike in zero significant strikes. That's total domination by Tyron Woodley. Darren Till landed one strike the entire fight salute you gotta respect the man you have to respect tyron woodley for doing what he's doing salute to him salute to everybody involved his team and speaking of tyron woodley the champions team dean thomas will be on the show next week i cannot wait for you guys to hear that interview we will get into tyron woodley and this past performance but really quick i want to get into the numbers Tyron Willie goes ahead and landed 74 out of 97 strikes. <sighs> what for 76%, nobody does that 57 out of 79 significant strikes. And, uh, he ended up finishing the fight in the second round four minutes and 19 seconds out of second round with one of the dirtiest Darth chokes you'll ever see choked him out. Uh, Darren till, um, tapped, it was really, really fun to watch. Um one hundred percent you have to salute uh what Tyron Willie did. He is a legend and um I hope that this lay leads to more people actually showing him the respect that he deserves um i'm gonna go ahead and actually put a button on on this fight until i actually get dean thomas on the show because i really want to go ahead and, and hope and have him uh break that down as well for you guys so i'll really be able to get into the fight there but um congratulations again tyron woodley uh repeat champion ufc 175 pound division Remember, you are listening to The Fight Podcast, and The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off of your first three months. Remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms, at The Fight Podcast. Follow me, at Serge Vicente, and support the show by checking me out on the website, FightPodcast.com. subscribe listen rate share on itunes and soundcloud today and don't forget to purchase merch all right this the end of this episode episode 28 we're doing things a little bit differently now we're actually gonna go ahead and shorten up the episodes just a bit and uh, we're actually gonna give you way more content all right so um this week we're gonna have more interviews uh we're the next episode i'm gonna go ahead and break down the triple g uh canelo rematch and i'm also gonna go ahead and break down this weekend's ufc fight night as well as break down this week's anthony Josh- joshua versus pavetkin fight i hope you've enjoyed this episode of the fight podcast this is your host as always serge vicente i can't wait for you guys to join me again next time with that being said Peace out.